You are listening to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. To learn more about CRCC, including worship times, visit us at crcconline.com. Good morning. So good to see you guys today. If you're a first-time guest, um, I just want to let you know this isn't normal. Uh, I'm actually Sam. I'm the youth pastor and worship pastor here. Um, I typically am up here doing worship, so uh, I've actually been told by two people today that uh, worship will be better than normal, and the speaking will be subpar. So <laughs> it's going to be a great Sunday, though. Um, before I do anything, I just want to honor Pastor Mickey, who's going to be watching us live stream. He is in Florida on vacation, taking a little sabbatical. So if we can just uh, clap and just honor Pastor Mickey. It really is an honor just to... It's an honor just to be in the seat and hear what God teaches through him every week, and I'm, I'm honored to be here. I've honestly never prepared for a sermon more in my life just because I, I honor this um, pulpit. I know that's an old-fashioned word, but I do honor this stage. Um, I want to start with you guys with the story that goes back all the way to quarantine days, if you remember those days, um, when we did live stream services. And uh, me and the band would come up here, if you all don't know this, a secret might be out of the bag, we'd come out on a Monday or Tuesday night, and we would record our worship sets to be played for Sunday morning. That way we could give you guys the best quality possible, and Zach, who's incredible, would go home and mix everything super well, who also plays guitar for us, he'd go home and mix everything, and then we'd record everything. But there were a few times I can remember that we'd get done with an incredible worship set. I mean, the Spirit of the Lord was in this place. Um, it, it really was. I mean, we're literally just leading worship to a camera. This room was empty. And we're just leading worship to a camera, and we get done, and the worship team's going to laugh because they remember this. And we get to the point where we're like, oh, praise God, that was incredible. We can't wait to share this with people. Thank you, God. Yay, this is amazing. And we get to the camera, and it would say, storage full. Can we pull up that video? iPhone storage full. You can free up space on this iPhone by managing your settings in storage. So I would say, hey, team, I know it's 1030 at night, and I know we've been here since 6, but <laughs> let's do it again. <laughs> so we would do the whole thing again. We'd have to delete a bunch of stuff in order to record something new. So the message I want to give you guys today is something I want to call store, delete, repeat. Store it, delete it, and repeat it. Here's the thing. The things that were stored on that iPhone that we were videoing from were pretty incredible things. They were videos of past services we'd done weeks before, weeks before that, weeks before that. Some of them were selfies of me and my girlfriend, to be honest with you. I mean, there were a lot of just random things on the iPhone that, that was just holding up a ton of storage. But what I realized is, in order for me to take a new picture, in order for me to get a new video, first I had to delete some things, and first I had to store some things in order for me to move forward. So as I was laying in my bed, this is typically where I get most of my sermon info, to be honest with you. I'm laying in bed, and I'm quiet, and I'm uh, just in a quiet space for the first time in all day. And the Lord will often speak to me right before I fall asleep, so I typically keep something by my bed so I can write it down. And the message he told me was, what does it look like when you see everybody else's picture? You know how we're talking about freeze frame. What does it look like when you see everybody else's picture and you love it and you want so desperately for a picture as amazing for yourself, but you can't take it? 
I don't know about you, but I've been in a season of my life before where I'm looking at everybody else's life. I'm on even Instagram and Facebook, and I'm looking at images, and I'm going, God, their life seems incredible. Like, look what's going on over here. Look what's going on over there. Like, this seems really amazing. Why can't I have that? God, where's my blessing? And I think part of the solution to that is store it delete it so he can repeat it. So I'm going to pray one time, and we're going to dive right into this. So uh, let's pray. God, I thank you so much for today, Lord. God, I thank you for the opportunity to speak your word. Lord, I pray that you'll get me out of the way completely, and that you will do whatever you need to do in this place. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as a church, we're going through this book called The Double Blessing. We just got done going through it, and we're going to be going through it again. It's by Mark Batterson, and he says in his book, If you want to experience God's full blessing, you have to do it God's will and God's way. I'm going to repeat that. If you want to experience God's full blessing, you have to do God's will God's way. Can I put that in a little simpler terms? Repentance attracts the blessing. Repentance attracts the blessing. I believe there might be some people in this place today, and I'm speaking to myself as well, that there are things that we want to access in our life, but first we have to delete some things out of our life so there's room for his blessing. What could that look like? Maybe that looks like an addiction. Maybe it's, I'll just call them out, maybe, maybe you're addicted to pornography. I know that's kind of a word, like, ooh, we don't say that in church. It's real. Maybe we're addicted. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's alcohol. I don't know what it is. But but let me tell you something. Repentance attracts the blessing. If you want God's blessing, you're going to have to do it God's will and God's way. I know that our word's a word we really don't talk about in church much. We might hear, but repentance... It means to turn from your ways. God's saying, you know what? In order for you to receive what I have for you, I think first you got to let go, let it out, and open back up for for you can store it again. Just like this iPhone storage that we brought up. Pull up that picture again. You can free up space on this iPhone by managing your storage and settings. What do you have stored that you need to get rid of so God can bring something good into What is it? Now, here's a real tricky part. Here's something that I really didn't think about and didn't know because it's so hidden. We got to one point where we recorded this service, and I deleted everything. Like, I'm like, I deleted so many videos. Why don't I have any storage left? And I figured out there's this secret part of my phone called the recently deleted section, which means I let go of it, But it was still hiding in my phone somewhere. So it was still storing it up. And you know how I think this translates to our life? I think it's the sin. I think it's the hurt. I think it's the thing that we haven't dealt with in a while that you haven't let go of completely. And it's just nagging in the back of your head. It's nagging in the the depths of your heart. But you don't see it completely because it's hidden and the enemy is still using it against you. And God's saying, you know what? I need you to get into that recently deleted section and I need you to get rid of it completely. Like it can't just stay in this folder stored up a little bit. It can't just stay hidden away. I still see it, and you still see the weight. 
He still sees it. You still feel the weight, but it's not at the front section of your head. And God's saying today, you know what? It's time to get rid of it completely, once and for all. There's a scripture in Psalms, chapter 139, verses 23 and 24. It's a very popular scripture. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way of the everlasting. You don't have to ask him to search if you already see it. This is for for those who don't see it yet. So maybe you're in this place today, and you're like, you know what, I... I don't understand why my picture isn't the way I want it to be. Maybe there's something that recently deleted that you didn't even know about that, that you got to say, you know what, God, search my heart. You know, see if there be any wicked way inside of me. See if there be any sin inside of me. See if there be anything I got to deal with inside of me. Search my heart, Lord. Now, that's not for everybody. Some of you, as I'm speaking right now, you know exactly what it is that you need to give up on this altar today. Some of you, exactly as I'm talking, the Holy Spirit's speaking to you right now, and you know right away, you know what, this is what I need to let go of in order to get the blessing of God in my life. But maybe you're in this place today where you're saying, I don't know why I'm broken, busted, and disgusted. I don't know why I'm hurting. I don't know what, what is going on. I think Psalms 139.24 is your answer. Are you willing to have that tough prayer? You know what, God? Search me. That's a dangerous prayer, church, because when you ask, he'll let you know. He will. But here's the deal. The things that we got to delete and get off our phone, they're not always bad things. They weren't always the weird, bad pictures. They weren't always the terrible things that we need to delete and have room for the new A lot of the times, there's very good things in our life that we need to let go of in order for God to bring something new. And a lot of you, it starts like this. Well, back in church camp when I was 12 years old, I was saved. I was baptized at 15 years old, and that's my relationship with God. And we look at this highlight, and we tell all our friends about this highlight of our life. Oh, this is amazing. Look at this picture. Like, look what happened to me then. Look what happened to me then. And we're so stuck way back in the past that we're not ready for what God has for the new. I heard it growing up all the time in church. Oh, I'll never forget back in the 90s when this revival broke out. Oh, it was amazing. You should have seen your grandpa, how the spirit moved on him. Oh, you should have seen what God did. Oh, you should have seen this healing that took place with my aunt. It was incredible. And these things are great. The power of our testimony is a powerful thing. But here's the deal. If our testimony isn't propelling us to the future, it's, it's, it's not enough. If our testimony is not the catalyst for what's next in our life, it's just a story. The power of your testimony is the power that comes from it. Because you say, you know what, God, I saw him do it then, and he can do it again. Let me put it to you in sports terms. If you have any sports fans out here, sports have been gone forever. We're praying it gets back with MLB and NBA soon. But all we had for a while was this crazy show that is this documentary that everybody was watching for a while. I was watching it, and it was called The Last Dance. 
It was an amazing, amazing ESPN documentary. If you have not watched it, I encourage you to watch it because it, Michael Jordan's a legend. Everybody knows that before you watched it. But after you watch this, you, you're just in awe of Michael Jordan. Here's the thing. At the end of this documentary, most people didn't leave being able to recite all of Michael Jordan's statistics. They didn't leave saying, oh, I remember in 1980, blah, 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 that Michael Jordan shot this many free throws. He had this many rebounds. He had this many assists. Uh, he, he shot this from the line. Nobody... Instead, people were just in awe of the character and the skill of MJ. That's what this documentary left you with. And I think that that was probably a lot of what happened in the locker room. I don't think Michael Jordan had to tell Dennis Rodman to give him the ball. I don't think he had to say, hey, Dennis, you remember I, I shot 69 points last night. Give me the ball. I think his skill and his character was proven pretty well enough that he didn't have to recite the back of his baseball card, the back of his basketball card. And I came to this epiphany. I can't remember one time in the Bible that Jesus said, hey, Peter, you remember that one time I turned water into wine? Hey, Lazarus, you remember back then when I raised you? Because Jesus wasn't focused on what happened before. He was just focused on what's coming up next. Michael Jordan wasn't worried about yesterday's game. Yesterday's game was yesterday. He's going to get another ring. And I believe God's got the same exact thing for you. He's got what's next. But are you willing to say, you know what, that was amazing, but he's got more. You know what, I got five rings, but maybe I can get six. You know what, he healed my mom from cancer, but you know what, maybe he can heal me too. Are you ready for what's next, church? In order to do that, you got to delete it. As hard as that is, as, as amazing as it is to look back at this moment over and over and over, it gets to the point where if you're so consumed about what happened, you're losing focus on what's next. It's time for you to store it, that picture, put it in the box for a later time, and get it out when you need some faith again. Now there's a passage of Scripture Jonathan, if you can come up and play, I'm not going to be real long today. I want to spend some time today in worship here in a little bit and really just crying out to God. This comes from Genesis 28.10. This is the story of Jacob. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and laid down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I'll give you your descendants, the land on which you're lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you'll spread out the west and the east and the north into the south. 
All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and through your offspring. I'm with you and watch over you wherever you go, and I'll bring back to you this land. I will not leave you until I've done what I have promised. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware from it. So Jacob was at Bethel, and he had this crazy encounter from God. And the first thing God did is he said, I am the Lord your God. That's the first statement he said to him. I am the Lord your God. He gives him this promise. And then eight chapters later, seven chapters later in Genesis 35, you see a similar thing when he says, Then God said to Jacob, Go up to Bethel and settle there and build an altar there to God who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. The message translation puts it this way. Go back to Bethel. Go back. Go back to where I spoke to you then. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back to Bethel. And he keeps going in verse 10. And God said to him, your name is Jacob, but you will no longer be called by your name. You will be called Israel. So he named him Israel and said to him, I am God Almighty. First, he said, this is your name. This is who you are. I've given you an identity. I just want to remind you, I know it's been a long time since you've been to Bethel, but I want to bring you back to this place so you can see this is who you are. And I want to remind you that I'm the God, the Lord Almighty. And he continues to talk about the same promise that he said six chapters before. Some of you are waiting on the promise of God, but you haven't moved your feet enough to step into the promise that he's had for you years ago. Some of you are still waiting on the next. You're saying, Sam, I I want this picture. I want this picture. I want. He's still putting it together, but are you faithful to wait for him? Are you ready to go back to Bethel? Here's how this looks like in picture form. Man, look at this picture of me. I remember the moment I was saved. I remember the fire I had from God. Now, I don't put it away. I say, now, God, do it again. Burn that same fire in me again. Oh, look at this picture. This is when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. God, I remember it. God, fill me up even more again. Overflow in me. God, I remember when this healing took place. Sometimes you need to go back to the place, reflect on it, and go forward. So if you can stand for me, we're about to pray. And this invitation is for three people in this place. One, you know what? I have something in my life that I need to get rid of because I want to receive the blessing of God. Two, you know what? My life isn't where I want it to be, and I'm not sure why. God, search my heart so I can see what you need to do. And three, God, take me back to the beginning. Let me fall in love with you all over again. Take me back to Bethel. Let me reflect on the blessings that you've shown me so I can be propelled to proclaim your power to the next. So if everybody could close their eyes in this place.
God, I pray over every person in this place. God, in these next few moments, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will move in an incredible way. God, I pray for a sense of freedom in this place, that people will be willing and able to leave everything they need at this altar before you. God, we're available right here, right now. Do your will. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's podcast and would like to experience other talks, visit us at crcconline.com.